We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. Means that for the next two hours, we're talking nothing but Oklahoma Sooner football. In the next hour, the head coach himself, Lincoln Riley, will be alongside. But we call this show The Huddle. It's basically the Lincoln Riley pregame show. And please help me welcome right now the Butkus and Bednarik Award winner and the best college analyst in college football, Teddy Lehman. Everybody. Appreciate that, T. Rowe. Not true, but I appreciate it nonetheless. 100% accurate on that mm -hmm. introduction. Yeah. How you doing tonight? Fantastic. Uh, excited for another week with these guys. Um, another solid performance all the way around against uh, West Virginia. So I, there's no complaints with this football team right now, right? I mean, we're clicking on all three phases, especially this game. You score a special teams touchdown. Defense looks good. Um, Maybe you could say that Jalen Hurts plays his best game of the year. So, mm -hmm. I mean, they are uh, steadily improving. When all of the storylines on Sports Talk Radio in a week are have something to do with something other than the football team, mm -hmm. you know things are going pretty well on the field. So Yeah, I, you know, that's the one frustrating part, though, is – we host shows. I need something to talk about, Toby. <laughs> when everyone's happy, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Yeah. You're just going to have to deal with it. So <laughs> That's stop true. It. Yeah. That's true. Opening segment brought to you by Noble McIntyre at McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. 52-14, to 14, the final on Saturday on Owen Field. Let's take a look at the highlights of how it unfolded as the Sooners welcomed yet another first-year head coach, Neil Brown and his West Virginia Mountaineers. And the Sooners, as they have done so well this year, that he jumped on top early. Yeah, they got it started quickly, um, you know, offensively right out of the gate, playing well. Jalen Hurts, uh, I thought he was fantastic. And, you know, second week in a row where we've had a full offensive line, okay, and I think that's important. I think that's going to uh, really help this group down the stretch. thought protection was really good for him, and, and he was really good with the football. And, you know, I thought this was interesting early on, you know, we haven't seen a whole lot of that, but West Virginia started testing us down the field, and we had guys in great position, uh, so that was nice to see defensively. Trey Brown knocked down a couple of passes early. Parnell Motley knocked down a pass early. C.D. Lamb, you could tell, frustrated with his footing 
in this game. Well, yeah, I was frustrated, too. He's supposed to make like six guys miss and go to the house every time he catches it. So I, I understand it with him. But uh, still had another fantastic game. Um, I love this throw by Jalen Hurts. I mean, look at all the traffic here. Little run pass option down near the goal line and just, you know, inches over everyone's head, threads the needle down there for a nice touchdown. Ah, the pride loves it. It was 14-0 OU after one. Second quarter, Parnell Motley again a great PBU here. You know, and these guys are all over those receivers. And we've heard Roy Manning say a couple of times, hey, if you get a pass interference here and there, we understand that. We expect that. That's what it means whenever you've got good tight coverage. So uh, those guys are those they're all over those receivers right now. Austin Kendall to TJ Simmons made it 14 to 7, but the Sooners would answer back. And it would be the go-to guy of late on the ground, Kennedy Brooks. Uh, Kennedy Brooks has looked really well. His balance, man, um, you know, one of the plays called back, he had a great spin move between two defenders. Uh, there he just goes right through a leg tackle. His balance is exceptional for such a big guy. Jalen Hurts slams on the brakes and runs right by Reuben Jones for another touchdown, made it 28-7 to Sooners. Mountaineers would get a touchdown back, though, right before halftime. I think this one irked to the Sooners going into the locker room. Austin Kendall finds Simmons again after staying alive in the pocket. It was 28-14 Sooners at halftime, but a big third quarter, Ted. No, it was. <laughs> and I think pretty much everything imaginable happened all in the third quarter. Uh, here's a great run by Jalen Hurts. That's a problem. You overplay some of these crossing routes, and he sees you jump that route off the backside, leaving no one home in man-to-man. -man. He's just going to take it out. And uh, it's a cakewalk into the end zone and another big stop by the defense there. T.D. Lee for the first mm. time this year on the other end of that butte. How about that time? That's one of the best throws Jalen Hurts has made this year touch-wise. In stride, drops it right over the shoulder. Great protection, nicely done. And then the punt blocked by Braden Willis. Austin Stogner falls on it. That pretty much did it right there. And the Sooners rolled into the house with their seventh win of the season. Final score. 52 to 14 final numbers look like this West Virginia held to 51 yards rushing on the day that's impressive and it's not because they were way behind and airing the ball out I believe 30 rushes for 51 yards which is just extraordinary and I know West Virginia's had uh, you know rushing problems all this this season but still really impressive by Oklahoma defense is continuing to trend in the right direction they're right there in the tops of the conference in scoring D and total D uh, in a bunch of different categories. So you got to be really happy. And offensively, we're used to these numbers, 560 a game. I mean, that's it's huge numbers, but we're just we're used to that run of the mill for this offense. Impressive stuff. Last year, West Virginia went for 702 yards against OU. This year, uh, they were held to 460 fewer yards. Than a year. You just got a little sick at your I can't stomach, even, didn't you? You know, what a difference a year makes. I can't even imagine 460 fewer watching year. a defense give up over 700 yards. You and can't I know it's happened it? a couple of times, you know. but it's just, it's painful. Well, this let's is talk, fun. Let's talk offense and let's start with Jalen Hurts. Um, had an okay game. I mean, I don't want to be too critical of him in Dallas, but he turned it over a couple of times. What a bounce back performance, though, on Saturday, especially throwing the football. He goes 16 of 17 through the air. Yeah, and, and look at that protection there by the offensive line on, on that specific play. That's a four-man rush, and he's just standing there in the pocket for days. Um, I thought the offensive line really helped that for him. It wasn't under pressure a whole lot. Some of those, you know, bad decisions have come 
with Jalen Hurts over the last couple of weeks whenever he's been under pressure. Uh, you know, and the offensive line did a much better job, and he was much better with his decisions. Accuracy has continued to be outstanding for him. Smart with the football for the most part, 16 of 17, and, you know, it was a good throw on, on the one pass that, that didn't get completed. So, I mean, you've got to be really happy with him, averaging right at 100 yards a game on the ground as well. He's, uh, he's very selective now, and he's doing a good job whenever he runs it. So, I mean, I, there's there's no complaints at all with the way Jalen Hurts is playing football. Jalen named Offensive Player of the Week in the Big 12. Here's some Kennedy Brooks. Uh, you talked a little earlier, though. Just so smooth, and it seems like his patience works well with these uh, offensive line plays. And they pull that guard and tackle around. He just waits patiently for the hole to open. He does, and some small movements and where you place yourself behind those those blockers can help you make those blocks happen. And I think he's learned that skill and uh, just having a little bit of patience. You're still moving quickly, but maybe not at, at, at full speed. You just got to let things develop in front of you a little bit. Helps your vision, helps you kind of plan things out, out, helps your offensive line get in better position. So he looks really good right now. Um, and, you know, I know it's been a, a discussion point with the distribution for carries with running backs, but I think it's a positive that, you know, here's Kennedy Brooks only had 10 carries in the game. I, mean, I don't know what all the final numbers were for everyone, but these backs are fresh. We got a, a group of fresh running backs and running the football is going to be critical for this team down the stretch. You got to love it. This is pretty good right here. This Oklahoma offense, number one in the nation, total offense, yards per play, yards per rush, pass efficiency, scoring, number seven in rushing, number eight in passing. That's getting it done right there. Yeah, and it's what's what's even more amazing is it's no shock. And I remember thinking back to this summer, at, I, I, I guess it was Big 12 Media Day whenever, you know, I, I believe Barry Trammell asked Lincoln and just kind of threw it into the question that, you know, the offense may take a step back this year. And Lincoln stopped him right there. Well, we don't expect this offense to slow down a bit. And... You know, you kind of looked at that and you're like, well, some of the numbers you put up, you know, it wouldn't be that right. big of a deal if you slowed down a little bit. No, nope, better. More <laughs> more, more numbers, more rushing, more passing, more efficiency. Yeah, he was right. Let's take a look at our AAA drive summary drive of the game. Remember, it was 28-14 at halftime. Sooners had deferred, so they got the ball to start the second half and marched. They've done this well this year. Opening the second half scoring and putting opponents on their heels little run there by Kennedy Brooks to open things yeah pretty good and again I I have to tell people all the time this is a running offense this is not a passing first offense it's a rushing first offense and then they build the play action game off of that and that's where the the, the real um, I don't know durability consistency week by week with this offense comes is because they're always able to run the ball and uh, it dictates uh, you know for what the defense has to do and then they take advantage of you so uh, it was no difference this week against West Virginia what a catch here Charleston Rambo made that look so easy on the sidelines and did he get two in yeah, I mean this is feet. an NFL catch and it looks like I don't know kind of defies gravity and gets both of those feet in pretty impressive stuff Kennedy Brooks now puts the Sooners on the doorstep of the red zone again again opening drive second half just outside the red zone with his feet how did he escape out of that hole it just kind of slips through a little crack there and he watches this backside linebacker whenever the crossing route goes and Jalen looks at it if he jumps it well then he's just going to skate out the backside and there's no one home and you know, it's an easy running play for him, and 
He's, he's really got a good feel for that. Now, I think early in the year, as expected, it's a, it's just a little bit different. You can try as hard as you, you can in training camp and spring ball to replicate full-speed offense against a full-speed defense. You just can't do it. It's not the same. And I think maybe there was a little bit of filling out period there, but now he's – he looks great on the decision-making, when to run, when to throw, when to extend the play to throw, when to extend to run. I mean, he's got it all figured out. Drive the game brought to you by AAA Insurance. Let's talk defense now. Sooners hold West Virginia to 14 points, fifth time in seven games. Oklahoma has held an opponent this year to 20 points or less, and Kenneth Murray played outstanding football yet again in the middle there. No, he is. He's, he's got it going right now. This defense is playing well. And, you know, the, I think the thing that you really like is they're playing great at all three levels, defensive line, linebackers, and the guys in the secondary. We see great coverage. We see great tackling on the perimeter. Uh, this team's playing with a ton of effort, playing with a ton of confidence. And Kenneth Murray's leading the charge. Um, you know, another nine-tackle performance. Uh, you know, he's got a tackle for loss in there, so good stuff. Kenneth Murray, nine tackles. One and a half TFLs on the day as well, and he about folded Austin Kendall in half with that quarterback hurry right there. Neville Gallimore continues to play great football as well. He had a couple of unbelievable. Remember, Neville Gallimore is 300 pounds. He's in the middle here. He's going to beat the tailback to the sidelines and make the play for a loss. It's an unbelievable play, and th that's exactly what you want. You want your big guys running. And he does that. He folds over the top, knows it's an outside play, turns the Jets on. And, uh, you know, that's that's why <laughs> these guys are playing good football. You know, Kenneth Murray, we started off the season Look where he out jumps Kenneth Murray for the celebration. Yeah. Oh, boy. You don't <laughs> want to see that one in the uh, film room. I'm going to have to. Would you isolate that and send it to me? I'm going to have to uh, play that to Kenneth and ask him what's going on with that <laughs> vertical. I mean, come on. You got the combine coming up. We're going to have to start training that I thing. Think, uh, I think the point there is not. Like Kenneth is fine. Neville Gallimore is athletically, and you know, this is, uh, she's a freak. While true, yeah. you still don't want to get out jumped by defensive <laughs> linemen, Toby. I'm just point. telling you. You know who else has been making a nice impact for them lately is uh, Buki. Setting the edge, playing good football. I think Buki's been great. Made a couple of nice plays in, in this last game. Uh, the coverage has been good. We haven't seen people trying to isolate that position. So, yeah, I think so. And, and honestly, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't point to anyone right now defensively and say, boy, they better pick it up. I think everyone's, you know, really starting to click really nicely. Um, Buki's getting good help over the top from his safeties. He's tackling well. Whenever people go after him, he's he's making plays. So, yeah, I don't think you can have many complaints right there. Uh, here he is making a nice little tackle for loss, uh, you know, identifying that play before it happens and getting out there, getting ready to make a play. Good stuff. Let me ask you this before we go to break. We found out on Monday that John Michael Terry has suffered a lower leg injury out for the season. What's the impact there? Well, and I don't mean to minimize John Michael Terry at all, but we're in a good position there. I, I think we had a good rotation with three guys, John Michael Terry, Benito, and Aguebu. And it, it's just, it's amazing to think from a year ago, yeah. whenever it's like, we, we can't afford to lose anybody defensively. And you fast forward this year and, you know, Trey Norwood goes down in training camp, who at the time the coaches are saying, he's our best Defensive back. He's the best cover guy. He's our best tackler. He's our best blitzer. All around best defensive back. 
and the secondary looks much improved. You lose Caleb Kelly as a linebacker, yeah. who at the time was your starting Will Backer and had just started to get it going in this defense, and and uh, and it was starting to click. And then now John Michael Terry goes down. You lose him for the year, and he's going to be missed. He's a solid guy, and he's played really well. But we're in such a good position right now. I think you got to give credit, uh, number one, to the players for being ready. Number two, to Ruffin McNeil for making sure that those guys, that he's got a, a steady group that can step in. But I think you got to look at Alex Grinch. And, you know, to start this year off, we said, man, this why is he playing all these guys? Right? Yeah, right. okay, you want to keep people fresh. Well, he does it. You know, here it is. He's been playing three rush backers all year, and one goes down, and you still have two guys that you're going to, and you're going to constantly rotate. So I think you've got to give it up to Alex Grinch and the philosophy of – if, if I can trust you, if your body is able and you're in shape, we're going to play you, right? And that, that goes for everyone on the team at all positions. If, if you can be trusted to play, you're going to play. And I think that's why you're in a position where one injury doesn't just decimate you. 52-14, Sooners beat West Virginia. Let's take an opening timeout. We'll talk about the next opponent, Kansas State, on the road in Manhattan Saturday. When we come back, it's the huddle brought to you by Bud Light. Well, Sooners got a big test last time they went to Manhattan two years ago. It looked pretty bleak at halftime. Oklahoma rallied, though, to win. You might remember the Rodney Anderson touchdown run to put it away there at the end. But they haven't lost in Manhattan since 1996. OU's won seven straight up there. The road team has won six of the last eight games in this series, Teddy. I mean, I hear a lot of uh, stats and series records and stuff like that. This one is shocking that we haven't lost in Manhattan since 96. I mean, that's going through the like the best period of their program. Uh, Bill Snyder, whenever he had it going, I mean, all those different times, it's it's amazing that Oklahoma's never dropped a game up there. But and I just I just let you know that how, how good it's been here over the last 20 some years, even though they've had their best run as a program. Uh, ours has been much better. Well, it is uh, a new regime up there in Manhattan. Chris Kleiman now, no Bill Snyder. Lincoln Riley said it's going to be odd to look across and not see the white windbreaker that the Bill Snyder would always wear. But Chris Kleiman comes from North Dakota State where he had an excellent, excellent uh, reign up there, won multiple national championships. And uh, he seems like he's doing a good job early on. It, it, Teddy, it seems like they're a the same in a lot of ways as to what they were under Bill Snyder. Yeah, the more things change, the more they stay the same. You bring in a new coach, and the formula looks really similar to all, all the things that Bill Snyder did. Uh, they lead the Big 12 in time and possession. They're methodical with the football. They run it. They're, they go at a slow pace. They try and shorten the game, shorten the amount of possessions, not make any big critical errors, limit penalties, and hopefully they, they have an opportunity down the stretch. And it's been good for them this year. My question for Kansas State, though, is, you know, while they're solid defensively and solid offensively, can they score enough to keep pace with Oklahoma? Yeah. I just I just don't think they've got that ex explosiveness there. They got the big win against Mississippi State early mm -hmm. on the road that got all of our attention. And, and uh, for a while, for a couple of weeks there, I think everybody was saying maybe they're the second-best team in this conference, a third-best team. And since then, haven't played as well. But a nice win last week against TCU. So definitely a team that needs to be taken seriously. When you talk about them on offense, they've got a dual-threat quarterback named Skylar Thompson who's having a nice year for them. Yeah. 
No, he's a good player. He's athletic. Um, I, I think he's had his best season by far and started off, you know, this offense, they open it up a little bit more at times and will throw it down the field and then they'll kind of settle back into their traditional running game stuff. Uh, but yeah, he, he's, he's, he's a good quarterback. He's adapted nicely to this scheme. Uh, Kleiman has coached some really good quarterbacks in the past and he's talked really highly about Skylar Thompson and, and kind of the mold of those other players uh, limits mistakes limits turnovers um, is dangerous enough in the running game to make you pay and keep you honest so yeah I mean I, I think Skylar Thompson is is uh, you know one of the better quarterbacks that we face this year I think we're capable of really changing things for him by getting to the quarterback and forcing the issue and, and, and hopefully forcing him into some bad throws. But he is definitely a, a big threat for them and can make you pay in several ways. They like to run the football. Like Teddy said, they like to lean on that running game. They average nearly 200 yards rushing a game. It's, uh, uh, you know, again, like under Bill Snyder, it's an advanced rushing attack and uh, they're good at it. No, they are. And they'll, they'll, they'll do several different things. You know, obviously here you see some quarterback run stuff and you're going to see a lot of the sh shotgun, some pistol stuff like you see in this conference. But then you're going to see out in the middle of the field something that, you know, people are going to have to like, I don't know, uh, check, pinch themselves, see if they're dreaming. They're going to get in some eye formation, Toby. What's that? Uh, yeah, it's where these two guys line up behind the quarterback. <laughs> there and it is, right there. Under center. Yeah, they're going to run some eye formation stuff, some more pro-style, traditional running plays, um, you know, just as a little bit of a change-up out there. So, yeah, offensively, they're going to throw quite a bit of things at you, make you prepare for them. Um, again, one of the things that's given us some problems is the unbalanced stuff. And it's easy to do. It's easy to get into that unbalance. Most teams run it, at least some, in, in, in their offense. And it's easy to add more in there. And you can add unbalanced in and, and go with some of the more traditional eye formation and, and pro-style runs as well. So we're going to get a dose of that. All right, let's talk defense for the Wildcats. They lead the Big 12 in fewest points allowed per game. They're number two in the nation in third down defense. Opponents only pick up third downs 24% of the time against them. It's a solid defensive team as well. No, they are. And get ready for this, Toby. Something else we don't usually see. They'll, they'll do the I formation and a defensive line with four guys down. How about that? What's going on here? Is this 1995? Uh, no, it's, it's fantastic. I love it. I love what they do. They are... They, it's nothing crazy, right? It's a, it's a four-man front. They're pretty standard across the back end. Um, you know, it's it's not flashy, but it's effective. They've got several good players. They, they are consistent. They tackle well in the open field. They don't give up many big plays. They don't hurt themselves with penalties. They've got a couple of guys that can get to the quarterback. Um, I think their secondary tackles really well is probably their, their, their best attribute. So, I don't know. I like this defense, and I know they haven't played murderer's row of offenses so far this year, but to lead in points and in, in some of the different categories that they are, I mean, in college football this day and age, you're only giving up 18 points a game. I'd say that's pretty good. Seems like third down is going to be a big, you know, it's always big, mm -hmm. but these guys want to possess the football, shorten the game, keep that OU offense over there when they're on defense, make it, you know, make you go on long time consuming drives. When, when OU's got them in a third down, they got to get off the field. And, and they've been good at that this year. That's right. And this is going to be the most hostile environment we've played in this year. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, it'll be a good crowd. Up there. OU Texas is 
electric, but you know, you got half your your crews there with mm-hmm. you. You know, this is this is going to be electric. It's going to be loud. It's going to be fun. Twenty third straight road win is what they're going for. True road win on Saturday if the Sooners can pick it up. Kickoff just after eleven a.m. in the Little Apple. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll talk about the rest of the Big 12 when we come back. Plus, Teddy's Butkus Brain Teaser for Lincoln Riley tonight. Stay with us here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. We're brought to you by Bud Light. Oh, how about this one? On Saturday night in Austin, Les Miles puts a scare into Tom Herman and the Longhorns. Kansas led this game until the closing seconds when Dicker the Kicker did it again, and Texas survives. I, look at that touchdown. The two guys in the backfield run into each other, and they still throw a touchdown. Uh, yeah, pretty amazing. This thing was uh, uh, very interesting to watch as it as it really tricked down. I I wanted to watch the game. However, it wasn't on uh, any of the channels, Longhorn Network, but uh, probably a good thing they hit it there. You don't have the Longhorn Network at I your thought house? I did, but I couldn't find it. I used to have it, but <laughs> DirecTV, I guess it's not on there anymore. Uh, but I don't know. This is this is wild to me. You know, we talk about the, the Texas hangover a little bit from that big energetic game. Oklahoma's, what, 19-1 and one following it. But I, I think there was a bit of that for Texas there. That just, their defense is bad right now. Baylor and Oklahoma State, Cowboys had a 10-point lead at one point in this game. The score here early fourth quarter to go on front again. But it was all Baylor from this point on, and the Bears stay undefeated. Yeah, Baylor is legit. And they are, to me, aside from Oklahoma, the most balanced team in the Big 12. Defense is doing really good. As you see, they score on D here, and that just kind of that closed the deal right there. Oklahoma State's turning the ball to, over too much, but good on defense. They get to the quarterback at a higher clip than anyone else in the conference. Offensively, they've got several weapons, really good skill position guys. As you see here, a nice run from a running back. they got Mims, Brewers, had a really good year. So I, I think Baylor is the real deal. To Michael Hasty, Sooners have to go down to Waco here in a few weeks. And Iowa State rolling along. They got another road win at Texas Tech, a game they really dominated from start to finish. And Iowa State, we've talked about them in October, undefeated the last three years, only them in Alabama. Um, you know, their defense is exactly what we would expect. Uh, they're very solid. Offensively, though, I think is the real shock. Iowa State, uh, offensively, I think uh, much better than they've been in years past, more consistent, even though they don't have some of the, the names that we're used to. Brock Purdy's your leading passer in the Big 12. Who would have picked that to start off this season? Let's take a look at the scoreboard. There, 34-24, Iowa State wins that one in Lubbock. They're very much still in the hunt for Arlington. Here's all the finals. K-State beat TCU in the Battle of Purple up in Manhattan. 2417 and we showed you the highlights of the rest of them. This is your Big 12 report presented by Red Carpet Charters, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. So here's the schedule this week. It's a four-game slate in the conference. Of course, we'll be in Manhattan. OSU has to go to Ames, Texas at TCU. Texas Tech at Kansas will be picking uh that Texas TCU game. I think that's the only one. So you like OSU's chances or yeah, I, we, I, I mean, that game. I, I, I like their chances, but I think Iowa State's the better football yep. team. I like all these games. I, I think the Big 12 this year is a lot of fun. The, the middle tier of the Big 12 is all super competitive. Good games. Here's the updated standings in the Big 12 Conference. There you go. Sooners and the Bears on top. 
at 4-0. Iowa State and Texas 3-1. And, and then that kind of cut right there. I mean, you're down to not mathematically, but realistically four teams that can make it to Arlington, it appears at this point. And if I had to if I had to wager right now or pick one right now, Oklahoma's gonna be there. And I think it's gonna be Baylor. I do. They already beat Iowa State. Texas is at Ames and at Waco. And quite frankly, I think both of those teams are better than Texas. They're they're more consistent. They're more balanced. Both of both of those teams have better defenses than Texas does. So I think it's between Baylor and Iowa State. And since uh, Baylor already won that head-to-head, I think you may have Oklahoma Baylor in the uh, Big 12 championship. Let's take a lap around the rest of college football. I normally do these highlights, but why don't you do the Wisconsin game, Teddy? No, thanks, Toby. You go ahead. You know what? (laughs) This is the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. I don't know how in the world a 6-0 Wisconsin team Top huh. six in the country can go down to Illinois. Just inexcusable. Sounds like that might have been your lock of the week. It uh, was my lock week. of the week. I mean, Wisconsin you know. lost at Illinois. What happened there? Second straight week, major shocker, and it feels like here we go. Second half of the college football season, things are starting to happen. It's starting to get crazy. It's it's just unbelievable. I you know, I wish I had an answer as to how this can happen, but you know, this is college football and. You know, even though I feel like Oklahoma right now is in just a fantastic spot, you just you no one's know. no one's immune. I mean, nobody's immune. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, a, a crazy day. The ball bounces crazy ways. Uh, just shocking. Big battle in the Pac-10. Oregon at Washington. Huskies looking good here. Second half, up a couple of touchdowns, but the Ducks wouldn't go away. Oregon didn't help themselves out some. And Oregon ends up winning this game. They're down 10 here in the uh, late third quarter. Yeah. But they would pull it out. You cannot rule out Oregon for the college football playoff yet. I don't think you can. I mean, Oregon, if their only loss is the first game of the year to Auburn in a game that they should have won, and people are going to say whatever they want about the Pac-12, but, okay, if you're going to complain about the Pac-12, why don't you start uh, selling me on why the ACC so good? I think a lot of conferences have their downfalls, but yeah, Oregon, you know, they're coming alive. They go up there and get a, a nice, tough road win. Yeah, I don't think you can count them out at all. How about SMU? They're still undefeated. Now, a lot of people like Temple for an upset on Saturday, but Shane Bouchelle, the Texas transfer, throws six touchdown passes, and Sonny Dykes has the Mustangs rolling. Isn't there just something extra fun about watching a former Texas quarterback light it up somewhere else other than <laughs> Texas. Like they couldn't get anything out of this kid there at Texas, but man, SMU sure is. Uh, he's been fantastic this year. That's a fun group to watch. You know, who knows about the college football playoff? I would say that they don't have a chance, even if they go undefeated. This is really a bad year for him because there's a bunch of really yeah. good football teams Something wild would have to happen for SMU well, to make it. They could make it into that, you know, that New Year's Six Bowls. I mean, that would be, be quite nice. an accomplishment for them. Sure. Here was the game of the day. First time we've seen the new overtime rule enacted. North Carolina, Virginia Tech go to overtime. They go to a second overtime. They match each other there. You see North Carolina with the touchdown. Vatek answers. This is Mac Brown and Justin Fuente squaring off. We're into a third overtime now. Virginia Tech misses the field goal here, tied at 41-all. North Carolina could win it. They miss the field goal, too. That means we're going to a fourth overtime. Carolina has their field goal blocked. 
That means Vatek can win it with a field goal, except they miss it, which means fifth overtime, which means we've got a two-point conversion off now, Teddy. You just get the ball at the two, one play. Vatek has it knocked down. North Carolina oh. knocked down. Then we go to a sixth overtime. Carolina from the two can't score. <laughs> so Virginia Tech can win it with a two-point conversion, and they get it, and it's 43-41 and six OTs. How about that? That's fun. I mean, that's that's what you love to see. The two-point conversion off is an interesting deal, and I wonder if they stumbled onto something that may be a problem. You got cold offenses walking over there to try and score on one play and then leaving, you know, uh, just trading one play at a time. I, You know, I, I don't know. It's cool. I like it. I, I like to see, you know, whenever something's different like that, I can buy in. It happens once a year right. probably maybe but. twice and by the time you get into a fifth overtime your defenses are just gassed right you sure. know the chances of them stopping somebody are pretty slim although i guess they did there in the fourth all right it's time for pick them um we'll pick five games in college football this week first off though we're going to start by taking a look at how we did in the pick them segment last week so here we go our first game iowa state at texas tech uh, you and i had that one right teddy we both had iowa state's Finally, it looks like I finally got some games right. This is this is a good week. Tilly missed Feeling that. good. Oregon at Washington. We all picked the Ducks. That was correct. Temple at SMU. We were all on the ponies. That was right. Baylor at Oklahoma State. Iowa. I was the only one on the Cowboys and went down with that one. You guys had Baylor correctly. And then Arizona State at Utah. So all of us go four for five this week, which means the updated standings at the top stay the same. Uh, Tilly, Zach Tilly, our producer and I, tied for the lead, two games up on Teddy. Good bounce back week for you. That's a solid week for you, though. You love whenever you have a good bounce back week and make up zero ground, Toby. All right, here we go. You gotta love that. So the games this week, our first one is in the Big 12, Texas at TCU. Oh, my gosh. This is such a hard game to pick. Um, I think there may be a bit of overreaction with Texas. After the, uh, the the Kansas game, uh, but at the same time, I, I think the best thing that they've done this year is lose two games and look good in those games against mm -hmm. LSU and Oklahoma. I'm going to take them against TCU. Shocked to hear that TCU is 5-2 and two against Texas since they joined the Big 12, which is just fascinating. I'm going to take Texas to beat them. I do not feel very good about it. Why? why are you, I mean, why are you picking them? You just think they're a better football team. Well, I don't feel very good about TCU either. Okay, right. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm the lesser of two evils, I, I was guess. leaning Texas, but I was going back and forth in this game. And then I saw on Twitter earlier today, uh, TCU revealed the uniforms that they're wearing for this game. Did you see that? No. It's purple trimmed in red. Yeah, it looks just like you're imagining mm. right now. And that definitely pushed me toward Texas. So I'm, mm. I'm going to take Texas for a bounce-back performance in this game as well. I've got to say, and I'm not – you know, fashion, that's not my thing. That's but true. I can't think of two worse colors to go together than purple and red. Well, tune in Saturday <laughs> at uh, whatever time that game is, and you'll get to see it. Uh, Tilly is also taking the Texas Longhorns in this one. All right, to the SEC, one of the games of the day in college football. Auburn, one loss, going to undefeated LSU. It's in Baton Rouge. Louisiana State. I'll take Louisiana State to win the football game. Uh, their offense is clicking along. Burrow's got great co confidence. He's he's playing really well right now. 
Uh, I like their defense, even though they've come back a little bit. They still got some big time players there. Give me Louisiana State. LSU's got Alabama in the distance, right? And it's coming up quick. That huge monster showdown's coming up. So I'm tempted to kind of say they're going to have a letdown. Auburn sneaks in there and upsets them. I just don't think Auburn's offense is capable of going toe-to-toe with LSU. Not on the road anyway. So I'll take LSU in this one as well. Tilly also going to take the Bayou Bengals. It also looks like the the freshman, I mean, he's still playing good for Auburn. But starting to look a little bit more like a, a freshman. People have kind of, you know, picked up on him a little bit as the season's gone on. Notre Dame at Michigan. Last time they're going to play this uh, great rivalry for a while. The game is in Ann Arbor. Uh, the Irish only have one loss. Mm-hmm. I like Notre Dame. I think they're a really good football team. They look like the better team in the, the Georgia game. They're only lost for, I don't know, three quarters of that game. So I think Notre Dame's legit. I think that Michigan has some really bad momentum right now. I think there's a lot of distractions around that that program and that football team. You know, someone may say, well, this is an op- a, a perfect opportunity for a bounce back. But I don't know. I think Notre Dame's too good. Uh, Michigan just doesn't have it. I agree with everything you just said. So far, we're in lockstep. I got Notre Dame in this one as well. I just think they're a better team. They've been challenged in a big-time environment already, so going into Ann Arbor is not going to be anything for them. I got the Irish. Tilly's going Michigan on this one. Uh, Back to the Big 12. Texas Tech at Kansas. We don't pick a lot of Kansas games on here. Tech at Kansas. I think Kansas has improved. I think Kansas has a little bit of confidence to them. Not many people say um, it's a moral victory whenever you, you keep it close against Uh, other well-known teams, but Kansas is one of those few teams where that's allowed, I think. And I just feel like it's a little bit different there right now. I think they've got an outstanding running back in Puka Williams who continues to put up some nice numbers. I'm taking Kansas to beat Tech. And the other part of that is I've got to find a place somewhere to make up some ground on you guys. Wow. Okay. I see what you're doing there. You're taking Kansas. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm taking Kansas, huh. too. I'm sorry. Beautiful. I, 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 listen, they're 0-4 in the Big 12, and I feel like they've got momentum. That's what you're saying, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah. exactly. No, I do. They got uh, Puka. They got Parchment. The, the quarterback, Stanley's playing well. I feel like that they're going to kind of come home. Maybe the crowd will be into it after mm-hmm. they played uh, how they played in, in uh, Longhorn land. I got Kansas as well. Tilly's going Texas Tech. Finally, this game's two weeks off, but we don't have a show here next week because of the bye week. So Georgia and Florida going to play in that outdoor cocktail party in two weeks. Jacksonville. Yeah, I think Georgia, after losing to South Carolina, I, I think some of the fear factor is gone for the rest of that conference. I like Florida. I think Florida's a really solid football team. I think they're going to pull one on Georgia. I'm taking Florida, too. Florida impressed uh, me. I'm sorry. Did, I, did, I didn't mean to pit match all your picks. Did Tilly send you my picks? He did not. Okay. Uh, uh, I, listen, I don't feel good that I picked what you picked, okay? <laughs> Smart. Um, Makes Florida sense. impressed me with how they played at South Carolina. Right. So I think they're going yeah. to handle Georgia. Tilly's going opposite of us. He's got Georgia. All right, we'll take our final timeout of this show over under for the OUK State game coming up next. Lincoln Riley's right around the corner as well. Stay with us here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. 
Welcome back, everybody. We're at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, wrapping up the huddle with Teddy Lehman. Great crowd is gathered. Packed house here as we're getting sent for OU and Kansas State coming up just after 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. We wrap up every show with a hearty game of over-under. We try to predict what we think's going to happen in this week's uh, Sooners game. Let's take a look at how we did last week in over-under. 21 and a half points scored by West Virginia. Teddy, we all took the under there. Mountaineers were held to 14. Yeah, and that's pretty good. Starting to uh, stack up a nice little, uh, you know, group of games where we've held teams to, to low point totals. I, I think it's fantastic. We're, we're kind of on the verge there of getting to the tops of the conference, which I, I know they want to be. I know they want to be number one. And uh, I think maybe we'll get there whenever we play Kansas State and Baylor, two teams ahead of us. Seven and a half touchdowns scored by OU. They scored seven. So that just goes under. One and a half touchdowns scored by C.D. Lamb. He did not get in the end zone hmm. on Saturday. So the under hits there. And the five and a half sacks was a, was a zero, which was a little bit weird. But uh, there were nine tackles for loss in that game. I would uh, again, I would like to just propose that we try to make this leaderboard larger so the fans can see it easier. Uh, I'm, I've got a healthy lead here with uh, about halfway through the season. So it's time to pick it up here a little bit. Boy, we, yeah, you do. We're well below 500 and I'm including Tilly in there with me. I don't want to be alone in that. Yeah, well it's ugly. Maybe this is the week where you turn around your fortunes. Here we go. We're talking OUK State now and our first over under tonight. One and a half field goals for Gabe Burkich. He's six for six on the year, by the way. Yeah. I'm going over on this. I don't feel great about it. You know, we punch it into the zone uh, a ton. I, I'm going over. Next I week, just, I'd like to propose two and a half Teddy Lehman. I don't feel great about it uh, in the show. Well, I just, Kansas State, they're solid defensively. I mean, that's what they do. They don't allow people in the end zone. They've got the, the best scoring defense in the conference. It, I'm taking the over. I think they're going to force some field goals. I agree with you. I'm taking the over as well. Uh, for the reason you just said, uh, Burkich is averaging about a field goal a game, but this is a better defense. I think there will be a couple of occasions where they'll force OU to settle for a field goal. I'll take the over. Tilly will take the over as well. But he's a nice story. This yeah. year, you know, he was not the starting Man. kicker for this team and he hasn't missed. No, he has it. And he's got a big leg. He's I mean, tons of confidence. Yeah, I've, I've been shocked. I think his kick out kickoff has turned into a weapon for us. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's been great. Ten and a half combined punts in this game. Ten and a half combined punts over under under. I think it's under. I think this is going to be a. Uh, if you follow what Kansas State has done, this is going to be a game where they try and limit some possessions, and I think that's going to be limited opportunities. So, yeah, I, when's the last time we played in a game that had more than 10 and a half punts? Saturday. 14 punts Saturday between OU and West Virginia. I did the research on this. However, hmm. that is the only game this year in which there have been more than 10 punts. I'm taking the – I think you're on the right side of this. 14? There were 14 punts. Uh, West Virginia wow. punted 10 times Saturday. <laughs> Oklahoma punted four times Saturday. Uh, I'm taking the under, and I think it's kind of what you were saying. I don't think there will be as many possessions potentially in this right. game as in some others. So this is going to be tight. This is, this is going to be close. It, it'll either land on 10 or 11 here. I'm going to roll the dice and say under. Tilly is taking the over. 
All right, interesting question here. Uh, I don't think we've ever had a .75 before, but .75 sacks for Neville Gallimore. Now, the reason it's .75 is because it's possible to get a half of a sack right. if you share a sack with somebody else. So is Neville going to get a full sack in this game? I'm going to go yes. I mean, I, I don't really have much to base that off of. Uh, these sacks just kind of come in bunches whenever you've got something going, you've, you've got some aggressiveness going. Uh, Kansas State does have a good offensive line. I mean, that's, that's the one thing. They've got a solid offensive line. Um, you know, they're going to be heavy running the football, so the opportunities to rush the passer may, may not be as many, and it's going to be some of those down and distances where they know you know what's coming and they're going to be prepared for it, but I think he's going to get to the quarterback once. I do. This is our first disagreement tonight. I'm going to take the under. I'm simply playing the odds here. I think the book on Oklahoma after the Texas game when they got nine sacks is you better get rid of the, rid of the ball quickly. So I think Kansas State is going to get rid of the ball quickly. Oklahoma might get two or three sacks, but the chances are that one of those is Neville. Uh, I'm going to take the under on that. Tilly is okay. taking the under as well. Final over under. 799.9 total yards in this game. Are we getting to 800? No, under. I mean, I, I feel very confident in the under on this one. Kansas State is not a team that's going to pile up a bunch of yards. Um, I think this may be one of those games where, you know, I, because of the nature of it, we are not going to get just a ton of possessions. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be under. I feel good about it. I agree with you. It's my most confident pick of the uh, over-under session. I'll take the under as well. Tilly seems to think we're going to get way over that. I mean, he's, he's taking the over there as well. So. You never know. Kickoff just after 11 o'clock. In fact, 11.05 a.m. on Saturday. We'll be on the air with you for the Sooner Radio pregame show beginning at 9 a.m. Lincoln Riley coming up next. Stay right there, and we'll see you next week on The Huddle. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.